Was it just the $230 million guaranteed dollars, the reason the Browns went from out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes to trading for the signal caller? The Super Bowl champs lock in their quarterback to a lucrative extension as the Rams retool for a repeat. The regular season AFC champs are quietly improving their offense and help is on the way to protect Joe Burrow. All that and more on today's episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fired up. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so you've got me, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals podcast, the team that has done absolutely nothing. Zilch, as far as adding new talent to this roster, they retained quite a few players, including Zach Ertz, the tight end, coming over in the middle of the season trade last year, performed very well for the Cardinals. Uh, Traditionally futile position, the tight end for the Cardinals, Zach Ertz, finally uh, bringing this team into modern-day NFL offenses by utilizing their tight end. And then James Conner comes back with his 18 touchdowns. But other than that, Arizona Cardinals have been dead silent. Not good for a team that fell apart at the end of the 2021 season and went out with a whimper in the wild card round of the playoffs to the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks for making the Lockdown NFL podcast your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today's app to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has it covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, on the Lockdown Podcast Network today, it's the NHL trade deadline. Later today at 3.30 Eastern and over at Locked On NHL, they've got you covered for all the breaking news and all the moves. Follow at Locked On Networks on Twitter for updates throughout the day for the NHL trade deadline and also check out the Locked On NHL podcast wherever you find podcasts. And of course, on YouTube, they're going to have their live trade deadline show. Thanks for checking out the Locked On NFL podcast on YouTube. It's been a crazy start to the offseason. It's only going to get crazier, and we're going to gear you up for the NFL draft as well. It's coming up in just about a month. Yeah, it's it's right there. Make sure you're subscribed. You've got alerts set up on your phone, so anytime we drop great content, you're aware of it. You can click it. You can watch it. You can view it. Of course, free and available on all podcasts. Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition So is Jeff Lloyd locked on Browns. The Browns making the big splash of the offseason. It was reported they were out on Deshaun Watson, and then they were very much in and acquired the services of the embattled quarterback. He's now in Cleveland. They still have Baker Mayfield on the roster as we record this. But, Jeff, as we look at this deal, ultimately, was it the new contract that got the trade done for Deshaun Watson and his party to make him a Cleveland Brown? Well, and I was actually joking, you know, for all you Schist Creek fans, the Browns were told thrice by uh, Deshaun Watson's camp they weren't interested. They were told mm-hmm. that many times that they weren't interested. I'm assuming, uh, you know, obviously Jimmy Haslam is involved here. And look, if you're going to get to the point where you're talking $200 million guaranteed, you're definitely going to have to have your owner involved before you're giving up that kind of money. So, you know, I think it just came to that point where, you know, it was, hey, if we can get you a number that's guaranteed – is there an opportunity that you will not say no? And you look at it this way. I mean, look, 
the teams he was interested in seems like it was most close to home, New Orleans, the possibility of Atlanta going back to where he actually came from. But I think once $230 million guaranteed came out and David Mulligetta, obviously representing his client in Deshaun Watson, was obviously a number that they just simply could not turn down. When you break down the trade itself, and there is a precedent even this offseason of a veteran quarterback trade, Russell Wilson, he comes over for, what was it, five picks and a couple players. No players involved in this deal, but you know Nick Casario, the GM of the Houston Texans, was applauded for what he was able to get in return, but what's coming the way of Cleveland, when you get of all the extra baggage and everything that's off the field, when you just look at Deshaun Watson, the NFL passing yardage leader from 2020, what he brings to the table, the Browns, they win this trade. Oh, there's no doubt the Browns won this trade. Um, the Browns were in a difficult situation. You know, everybody knows Baker Mayfield, you know, suffered this year and played the play was not what you were expecting. You know, you, there's no way around it. You, you can't sugarcoat it. So the Browns were in a tough position where they thought, hey, we maybe have a higher end top t- top two tier quarterback when he's playing his best. Obviously, this year, you're probably talking to, to tier three, tier four. They felt they needed the guy. They wanted, you know, they wanted to be able to have a quarterback mentioned with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens, and certainly all these other quarterbacks in the AFC. They seemed to be dead set that that is what they wanted. Granted, this situation comes with a lot of red tape. There's no way around it. Um, but you look at it on its face, the trade itself, you gave up three first-round picks. Look, this year it is number 13 in the draft. If this goes the way it's supposed to, these next two picks will most likely be in the 20s. Nothing there. A couple of day, uh, no second round picks in this. You know, there was some nerves here for players like Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa had very promising rookie years. Would this be something Houston was going to be in? And for anybody who wants to say Houston got fleeced, even if they didn't win the trade, they were in a tough situation. They had not, there was nothing they could do. Um, they had to move on from them. So it got to a point where you were just going to take, you know, whatever you said, look, the parameters of the trade. So they got that. But the Browns, they won this trade easily. You know, it certainly comes with a lot of pause, a lot of hesitation. Um, you're worried about, you know, you know, worried about, you know, heat back from your fan base. Um, you certainly have a situation right now where you're not exactly sure how much time Deshaun Watson is going to be able to give you under center in the 2022 season. And I think you saw that when they went out and made another move yesterday for a quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Um, the overall face of it, yes, they won the trade. Um, the parameters on how they view draft prospects um, will can offset the first-round picks. Look, the Browns like them younger. They like them athletic. It's not necessarily about production and these type of things. It's about you know, being able to work with guys. They've had a great ability to add draft picks at any point um, maybe not recouping first round picks, um, but they can pick up these loose change picks in the next couple of years to you know pick up anything that they've lost. And going into this draft, they had nine picks. They now currently have seven, and they still have one, two, five picks in the top one seventeen. So for the Browns, that was for me the trade itself. And you know, without getting into anything to Sean Watson personally, the trade itself was very well done. Now, under Steph, Kevin Stefanski, his first season, you know, the, probably the best eleven win third place team we saw in a sixteen game schedule. Uh, very successful campaign in debut, and then they take a step back, and, and you can enter into any of the uh, variables that go into them taking that step back, quarterback play, injuries, whatever it may be. How did, I mean, their first season, very successful, maybe being a run-first offense, relying on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. How does this offense look now with those two studs in the backfield, but now enter Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, you've got David Njoku back at the tight end spot, What's this offense look like in 2022? 
Well, the biggest issue, in even in 2020, as good as they were, they were not a threat vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baker Mayfield, to his credit, he had to play to the best of his abilities to make that happen. It didn't happen in 2021. And it was the same cast of characters. You know, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry. Why did it not really work with both of those guys the last two years? They're underneath players. They need players to challenge vertically to create space open underneath for these guys to excel. And you got to certain games where, hey, you want to know it? You're not challenging anybody vertically. So guess what? We are going after Nick Chubb. We are going after Kareem Hunt. We are bringing nine in the box. We're going to bring 10 in the box. We'll bring 11 within five yards of the line of scrimmage. We have no respect that you guys can beat us deep or that you will make the passes. Green Bay, you saw it. They tried to challenge vertically. You ended up with a four-interception day from Baker Mayfield. Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is one of the best at getting separation at the position. Whatever anybody thinks about him, he can create, and he's a fantastic route runner. Does he excel deep? Not so much, but Donovan Peoples-Jones has been a promising player as a former sixth-round pick through two years. The production went up year two, um, and he was put in a position where basically he was handed the Browns wide receiver one position over the summer. Odell was here. Jarvis was here. And as the year worked on, he was kind of like the primary guy, although the Browns were not comfortable with it. Anthony Schwartz obviously has great jets. Jakeem Grant, they brought in here. He's going to be able to do some fun stuff for them. But again, an extremely fast player. The ability to hopefully be able to open up things down the field for the Browns should make everyone's life easier. 2020, you got away with it. 2020, every, 2021, everybody else called their bluff. Yeah. Hey, I, I, this is why I love the Lockdown Podcast Network. You get a 360-degree look at, at each and every single NFL franchise and across sports. Uh, Jeff T, Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on Twitter. You mentioned it. I thought it was important as far as this trade went down. The importance of Baker Mayfield, you know, be that what, what it may be, how he performed last season. He, he led the uh, NFL in picks at one point during his tenure, but he certainly jump-started this organization coming off probably its most trying times in its since its inception. See, and that's where the part maybe for me, it might be my, my story might be different for some, from some other people, um, okay. you know, covering the team in 2017, you know, that's what I took over was the fall of 2017 yeah. covering this podcast. You know how it starts, Bo. In the beginning, you're a guy with a podcast and not many listeners. Right. Um, but, you know, it was all leading up towards who would be the quarterback drafted number one in 2018 for the Browns, Baker Mayfield. Then you get to that week three Thursday night game. He takes the field. You know, they win the game. You know, they look good. They look competitive. They're not the league's joke anymore. And then, of course, you know, the pressure and, you know, ex- expectations being put on the franchise happened. 2019, absolute wash. But mm-hmm. then you get to that 2020 year. And, you know, for me, and for me, it, it seems really difficult how bad he is being raked right now. Look, he was injured. We don't know what to degree that affected his play. There's really no barometer or way to even know. We'll find out when he goes, takes the field again for somebody else healthy, you know, was it holding him back or did he get into a part where, you know, and Baker, very emotional guy, very strong willed. There's a possibility there where Baker Mayfield could get in his own head and cause himself his own problems. I think a lot of people believe that was the case, but I think a lot of it was poor play maybe led to Baker Mayfield getting into his head. So for me, you know, here was something, you know, basically when I started, look, we've always gotten paid when we started. It was more of a hobby though. Yeah, there was some money involved, but I mean, it was, you know, we weren't making much money, but this show grew exponentially. We grew this following, this network grew. So for me, a lot of it was due and people, oh, well, other players, da, 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 da. 
you ain't going to run a podcast on the DN. You ain't going to run a podcast on the running back. People want to usually know about your quarterback. Um, it's difficult that it's been this way and he's been treated this way. And if Deshaun Watson doesn't take the $230 million guaranteed, I don't know where the Browns were headed. Um, mm-hmm. Were they going to cross their fingers for Jimmy Garoppolo, similar type player for $10 million more? Um, you know, with pick 13, were they going to gamble on one of these rookie quarterbacks? I don't think so. Um, so it's really tough. I mean, it's tough to see it the way it went down. But, you know, if you're going to tell me, did they go out and get a much better quarterback? Yes, 100%. Um, yes, keeping in mind football only, did they go out and get a much better quarterback? They did. Deshaun Watson, there, there's no way around it. Um, everything you like about him, the ability that he can create for himself when something is not there. Um, you, you, you'll, you love the fact that he's got the running ability if he needs it. Um, the fact that there's going to be some really easy throws for him that he may not be accustomed to because this offense will create him for him that he will make and just be like, wow, well, that was cake. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that you're looking forward to, but you know, to, to move on from Baker Mayfield and, and it's, it's been a really, really bad turn the way it's all gone down. And look, everybody's wrong here. Look, the Browns have moved on essentially from Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper, and Jarvis Landry. So yeah. everybody seems to be wanting to point the finger at one person where the Cleveland Browns basically said, you know what? We are done with all of you. You know, basically yeah. like a teacher or a parent, nobody's right. So everybody go to your room. And that's kind of essentially what the Browns have done here. There's a chance Jarvis Landry comes in the back door of all the four. He's the probably only one that probably deserves the right to still be here. Um, but it's, it's just been, you know, as much as, you know, fans want to get excited for their new quarterback as far as football-wise, it's, it seems to be a rough ending for a guy who did a lot for this franchise, and it seems like that's being underestimated at this point in time. Jeff Lloyd, make sure you're listening to Locked On Browns. There's some really fascinating storylines surrounding this team after they made the big move on Friday for Deshaun Watson, now the QB1 for Cleveland. Jeff, thanks, man. No problem at all, Bob. After winning the Super Bowl, the Los Angeles Rams are locking in quarterback Matthew Stafford on a four-year extension, $160 million. That's a lot of cheese with 135 in guarantees. For the signal caller, how are the Rams retooling for a repeat? But let me tell you about the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. I'm talking about, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. The Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. And they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Are you kidding me? And, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. And if Puffs, just your traditional built Bar, whatever it may be, they taste like a candy bar. They're tasty. And then they're just as healthy as any protein bar, if not healthier. You don't cut any quarters nutrition-wise. Most built Bars, they've got 130 calories. That's it. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and usually have 17 grams of muscle-packing protein. It's exactly what you want, what you need. Go to Built.com. Save yourself some cash. We all want and need that. Promo code LOCKED15 will get you 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you on the Lockdown NFL podcast, talking the absolute incredible NFL offseason. Man, I mean, it hasn't been short on excitement, and we've got you covered here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available wherever you find podcasts, including YouTube. We've got you set as far as this offseason goes, the NFL draft coming up, but we have 
until next February, the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, they got it done. Matthew Stafford comes over after 12 years in Detroit, and he he helps the Rams get to the top of the mountain, and he makes an incredible phone commercial as well. Everybody's <laughs> just blown away by that. And as far as the offseason goes for the world champs, Travis Rogers joins us here at Locked on Rams to talk about it. Travis, as far as bringing in talent, letting talent walk, how are the Rams doing as far as their pursuit of back-to-back titles? Well, before we talk about what, what's come and what's gone, I'm just glad you recognize Matthew Stafford's brilliance in the uh, phone commercial. That's uh, it's very important. He's been getting a lot of run the last couple of days during the tournament. Um, I think they've done a pretty good job. I think this is about what they expected. I think that um, that the Rams have always been very active at this time of year. Obviously, they use the draft a little bit differently than most teams do. Uh, they use it more as kind of a, an ATM to go pay for other things that they want to do. Um, the Matthew Stafford signing, I think, is, is is inevitable. I think it's very, very smart. I think it allows them to be a little more flexible in what they do. Uh, lost a couple of guys on the offensive line, obviously. Robert Woods, obviously, uh, is on his way out uh, to Tennessee. So that's something that I think is – you know, emotionally, much more difficult than it is from a football sense. You know, when you add Allen Robinson and it appears OBJ, you know, was probably going to come back. You got Cooper Cup, you got Van Jefferson. But uh, this is about what I thought from the Rams. They they don't sit pat. They continue yeah. to push and, and they continue to uh, through so far during the free agency period. Is it just kind of heavy as the crown when, when you win, when you, when you reach the level that the Rams have? Everybody wants your players, right? And they're going to pay a premium for that. We saw that with Vaughn Miller. Uh, it was it even Sebastian uh, Joseph, Joseph Day, Day in, the, in sure. the interior of that defensive line, very talented young player. He's going to the other locker room there with the Chargers on a nice deal. Um, is it is it tough to kind of keep up with with teams willing to maybe overpay for guys that have experiences deep in the playoffs now that they had? You know, the Rams have done this really since they've came back to Los Angeles. Obviously, this one's a little bit different because they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and I know that everybody would love to keep all your players from a team that was good enough to win the Super Bowl, but that's not the NFL, right? This Mm -hmm. is the most relentless machine in all of pro sports. It just keeps chugging along, and guys come and guys go. I think that Von Miller made it pretty easy on him, right? That Buffalo yeah. came in with a deal that the Rams were, were not going to go to, and, and I'm happy for Vaughn, and I hope that he does really well in Buffalo. But that one was a pretty easy one. Andrew Whitworth walking away, obviously. is I, That's one of the ones that is the most concerning to me, not because of the football aspect. I think Joe Nopum slides into that spot pretty well. But from a leadership standpoint, everything that was written about Andrew Whitworth after he decided to walk away, very little of it had to do with his football. And his football was tremendous, but it was about his leadership. It's about what he brought to the organization. Um, you know, th- this is this is new. I, it's new for Les Need. It's new for Sean McVay. It's new for Rams fans to try to figure out exactly what this is to defend a title. But Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford is a really good jumping off. Jalen Ramsey, too. I'd be remiss yeah. if I didn't mention him. They, they got a pretty good core to build around. No doubt about it. And they bring in Allen Robinson on a pretty lucrative deal, uh, upwards of what, $30 million guarantee mm-hmm. in guarantees for Allen Robinson, a deal over $40, $40 million in total. Uh, how does he fit into this offense? Does he kind of take, uh, is he more of what, that, what Robert Woods' role was before the injury last year? Yeah, it's a good question, Bo. I think that that Robert Woods is a lot like Cooper Cup. I think that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods mm-hmm. are guys that you can play at all three receiver positions. You can line them up at the X, the Y, and the Z, and they're all pretty competent at all three spots. I think Cup is going to be able to do that. Um, OBJ, I don't think, is quite as versatile as that. Again, assuming that they get something worked out there. And even if he does come back, you're looking at something that probably won't happen until around Thanksgiving or so because of the injury. So Robinson, you know, I – 
it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I, I think one of the interesting parts about the acquisition that they have there is I think it speaks to kind of the destination factor, right? That people want to come play for Sean McVay. People want to come play for Matthew Stafford. They want to come play in this offense where the ball gets thrown around a lot and it's not just one or two guys. The ball goes all over the field. So I'm very excited to see what he looks, how they're going to use him. I think we'll, we'll probably get a better feel for that once camp and uh, preseason starts. What do you forecast is the next uh, maybe need that they need to fill between now and maybe the NFL draft? What, what, what are they looking at? Maybe the, uh, the pass rush? I, I think maybe, you know, I, it's interesting how they're going to handle the pass. If you got, you've got obviously uh, Aaron Donald, you've got Leonard Floyd. These are two very good guys. And really the third guy, whoever it's been, has been very good because Aaron Donald just demands so much attention that whoever the other guy is, he whether it's we've seen Dante Fowler, we've seen Sue, we've seen Michael Brockers, we've seen a whole bunch of guys that have stepped into that role. Uh, Von Miller, obviously an exception because he's a Hall of Famer in his own right. But yes, I think you're right. I think that's something uh, for me. I think corner is something that they need to address. Darius Williams obviously is gone. They got Jalen Ramsey on one side. You feel pretty good about that. Um, Les Dean was talking about it on my my ESPN radio show, saying that you know the Rams' philosophy is sometimes you're going to have to play guys that are a little green, that are inexperienced, that maybe aren't quite as polished as you would like, but that's the price you got to pay when you're paying all the money all the other places. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a David Long or a Dante Dion or something like that slide into that spot. Um, but but yeah, I think I think corner and linebacker are the two places that I, I would look to them for them to go to next. Absolutely, the path to repeat—that's what's going on in fun LA. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a fun time uh, to be a Rams fan. It's a fun time to tune in the Locked On Rams with Travis Rogers on a daily basis, breaking it down how Stafford and crew can get back up to where they want to be to contend once again. F them picks, right? I mean, <laughs> so far, just, so good. I, I, I'm, got, I'm, it's like a credit card. I'm just, I'll, I'll just pay the minimum. I'll just pay right. the minimum. I'll keep pushing it down the road. I'm sure nothing bad could ever happen. That's awesome. Travis Rogers, thanks so much, man. You got it, Bo. Thank you. The nearly forgotten AFC regular season champion Tennessee Titans are quietly improving their offense. Is it enough to compete in a loaded AFC? Maybe some pretty good odds on the Titans to win the AFC. Not an overwhelming favorite with all the moves. You know, Russell Wilson going over to Denver, and you've got the Chiefs adding Juju Smith-Schuster, and uh, just a tremendous amount of talent coming into that conference. Maybe you can get some value there with the Tennessee Titans. It's, it's that time of year again. The college basketball tournament finally upon us in full swing over the weekend. For the latest odds, contests, player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline has been your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday with me, Bo Brock, here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast, where I'm talking to all of our local experts, providing you tremendous insight you're not going to get anywhere else, especially because a guy like Tyler Rowland dialed in as far as the Tennessee Titans. You can hear him, of course, right here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast on Thursdays with his co-host, also my co-host, Alex Clancy. We do Cardinals together, and Tyler does the NFL show together. And Tyler, it was looking like a quiet offseason for the Tennessee Titans. There were some... Pretty big, noticeable voids for this organization. And, man, what a mm -hmm. difference a couple days makes. Austin Hooper, uh, he kind of cast away cap casually for the Cleveland Browns. Hmm, I wonder what they were opening up cap space for. And then, of course, you've got the trade 
after the LA Rams sign Allen Robinson. Robert Woods becomes available for a six-round pick. Talk about the moves from the Tennessee Titans and how it takes a team. A lot of people forget this, Tyler. The team that won the AFC regular season with the best record, they had that buy in the playoffs, improving, it seems like, offensively. Well, that was that was absolutely what they had to do going into 2022. We heard from general manager John Robinson and head coach Mike Vrabel earlier in the offseason during the combine that the goal had to be to be better around Ryan Tannehill because, of course, there was a bunch of rumors about, you know, the Titans should go get Rodgers or get Russell Wilson, which was never realistic if you were paying attention to the Titans. So the reality is Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback in 2022. How do you make the offense better? you got to be better around him. and. That's a fair you know, requirement. You look at the tight end position for the Titans last year, Jeff Swain, Michael Pruitt, Anthony Ferkser, the worst group in the league. Wide receiver Julio Jones was great in theory, but he ended up just being that, a theory. Julio Jones wasn't on the field enough to really make an impact, and the Titans' second-leading wide receiver last year was an undrafted free agent from 2020 out of Indiana, Nick Westbrook-Akina who if you're an NFL fan listening and you never heard of him, well, <laughs> I can't really blame you. So that was the dire, uh, I guess, situation with the Titans pass catchers. So they had to make improvements. And I, I threw out some criticisms throughout the week as well. Felt like the Titans were maybe slow playing it a little bit too much. But again, John Robinson is truly one of the better general managers in the NFL. If you look at the roster that he's built, every GM has their hits and misses, of course, but he's built a really good roster that's contended for multiple years, has made the playoffs multiple years, and here he pulls two rabbits out of his hat. He goes out and gets Austin Hooper off the scrap heap, which because Austin Hooper was released as a cap casualty by the Browns, He's not going to cost the Titans a compensatory draft pick if they were to get one. So he doesn't uh, get factored into that formula, which makes the signing have that much more value. It's one year, $6 million. You draft a tight end, you groom him behind Hooper, and Hooper can give you you know, reliable all-around tight end skills this year. But the trade for Robert Woods is really the biggest move. Uh, Woods wanted to come to Tennessee as reported. He felt like he was a good fit and he's a great fit for the Titans. So to go out and only give a sixth round pick in 2023 to get a one year chance at Robert Woods, who has no guaranteed money in his contract after this year. I mean, just an incredibly shrewd move. And if you look at Woods, you look at AJ Brown, the Titans get a wide receiver in the draft to go along with Hooper and then maybe a tight end in the mid-rounds of the draft. Now you're looking at a significantly improved set of pass catchers around Ryan Tannehill, and in theory, that should make the Titans a, a more potent and a more realistic title contender than they were in 2021, despite having the number one seed in the AFC. Well, we try to forecast what Woods' role will be in this offense. Obviously, wide receiver one that uh, that belongs to A.J. Brown and absolutely deservedly right. so. Went absolutely nuts last season. Uh, does he kind of fit where Corey Davis left off? He exited via free agency last offseason. Is, is that what we should expect from Robert Woods? And was he maybe, in your opinion, the best option that nobody knew about? When you looked at the free agent wide receivers, could you have dreamt up a better maybe wide receiver to fit than Robert Woods at this point? Yeah, I think obviously the Titans are a heavy tight end offense, so they play the majority of the time in two tight end sets. They obviously play three wide receiver sets as well, and Nick Westbrook-Akina is six foot four, so he can operate almost as a pseudo tight end in three wide receiver sets, but the Titans like to be in two tight end, especially early, and yeah, absolutely, Robert Woods can slide into that Corey Davis role, what they'd hoped to get from Julio Jones. We got in, in splashes with Julio, but A.J. Brown is a guy who's going to run deep overs. He's going to run deep posts. 
close. He's going to stretch the field vertically and take a lot of attention. Teams like to play man coverage and cover one and have that safety over the top watching A.J. Brown. We saw multiple times throughout the year that the safety would go with A.J. Brown, and that would open up the middle of the field on uh, deep sit-down curls, deep digs over the middle of the field, shorter crossers, slant routes on the opposite side of the field from A.J. Brown. So the safety in the corner go with him, and that leaves a one-on-one opportunity over the middle of the field for the secondary wide receiver. Robert Woods has has made a career of being tough, going over the middle, being really good route running in those short and intermediate routes, being reliable with his hands. And he's a super physical blocker. He's a willing blocker, which is probably more important to the Tennessee Titans coaching staff than any other coaching staff in the NFL with the the way the Titans play offense. So Robert Woods has a chance to be that complement to A.J. Brown that the Titans have really been searching for. Uh, It's a great culture fit as well. Like I said, he wanted to come to Tennessee, so he knows what he's getting into and and hopefully that does give the Titans the ability to get AJ Brown open even more to give Ryan Tannehill some realistic targets to throw to and and that can kind of boost what they're trying to do on offense. So Derrick Henry is obviously the the biggest part of that offense uh 2000 yards just a season removed and he had the foot injury last year and we saw you know a trivia a future cr- trivia question you know Adrian Peterson you know, name the teams he's played for. One of the most random is the Tennessee Titans. Him and Randy Moss, it's like you would you would probably forget exactly. they played for this franchise. But, you know. Add Julio Deont- Jones to the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deontay <laughs> Foreman fil- filled in a little bit better than, than AD. Um, mm-hmm. does, is there a priority as far as, and how do you think they'll approach uh, maybe the backup to Derrick Henry? You think they drafted running back this, this offseason? Well, I think they do draft a running back, but here's the reality. In my opinion, if you're going to prioritize a running back behind Derrick Henry, Mm -hmm. it's got to be a compliment to Derrick Mm -hmm. Henry, the pass-catching back, the speed back. A guy like Dontrell Hilliard, who played pretty well for the Titans down. Uh, I know Foreman got all the attention because he was basically Derrick Henry light, but uh, Dontrell Hilliard... Played pretty well in pass protection for the Titans late in the year. He'd catch the ball out of the backfield, return kicks. So I, I think right now the Titans are looking at Hilliard as that running back two to Derrick Henry. But I do think it is important to kind of cut down on Derrick Henry's carries this year and have somebody who uh, can can replicate, like Foreman did, replicate the style in which Derrick Henry runs. Derrick Henry can't have 30 carries a game for the first half of the season again. The Jones fracture was a load-bearing injury because of Mm. all the tread on his tires, and there's plenty of data out there. You have more than 1,500 carries in the NFL, you get around that number, you start to slow down. So if the Titans want to... prolong Derrick Henry's career and make him as effective as possible for multiple more years, then I think they need to draft a running back in the late rounds or even an undrafted free agent. We've seen it's so easy. Uh, The Titans got Foreman and Hilliard off the street midway through the year. So finding decent running back production as possible without giving up valuable assets. So late in the draft, an undrafted free agent, get a running back who's maybe more of a, a heavy hitter, a between the tackles guy who can replicate that Derrick Henry uh, running style. Give him you know, four to five carries a game to reduce Derrick Henry down to 22, 25 carries a game, which is still a lot, but yeah. it is Derrick Henry. And I think that would be best for everybody. So you have your compliment and your speed back and your scat back in, in Hilliard. Then you have Derrick Henry, of course, who uh, is the bull, but then you got to have somebody who can actually help him in that similar style. So I think drafting a running back would still be the right move, not only to, you know, help spell carries, but maybe even groom a potential successor to Derrick Henry as we kind of were faced with his mortality in his NFL career last season. 
Tyler Rowland breaking it down on today's Locked On Titans. Make sure you check it out as far as Robert Woods, how he fits into this offense. And Bobby Trees. There you go. Bobby Trees making his way from L.A. to Nash Vegas. All right, Tyler. Thanks, man. Speaking of the AFC, how about the team that represented the conference in the Super Bowl? The Bengals continue to build up their offensive line, agreeing to a three-year deal with former Cowboys tackle Lyle Collins. 28-year-old had signed a five-year, $50 million extension with Dallas in 2019 before being released last week. Collins has missed 21 of 33 games over the past two seasons, either due to injury or suspension. He began his NFL career in 2016 when he signed with the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent at LSU. Uh, just an absolute mess as far as his draft process was concerned. But much like the Chiefs, you know, trying to surround and protect Patrick Mahomes after a Super Bowl appearance where he was running for his life, the Bengals doing something similar this offseason as the Chiefs did last offseason. Staying in the AFC, Justin Herbert has a new pass catcher in L.A., Chargers signed tight end Gerald Everett to a two-year deal. The NFL Network is reporting the contract is worth $12 million and pays Everett $8 million guaranteed. The 27-year-old Everett caught 48 passes for 478 yards for four touchdowns last season with the Seahawks. And then the Seahawks, after breaking out at the, 20, at the end of the 2021 season, Rashad Penny is staying in Seattle. Penny is reportedly inking a one-year $5.7 million deal with the Hawks. Former first-rounder rushed for nearly 500 yards over the last three games of the season and four touchdowns. Just was didn't have less than 135 yards rushing in the last three games. He was just an absolute just problem for the rest of the league. The hot penny, a career-best 749 rushing yards. You'd expect the Hawks to run the ball a little bit more without Russell Wilson under center in the shotgun. Expect more news today, as always. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL Podcast on YouTube. And, of course, you find us wherever you find podcasts free and available across all platforms. That's going to do it for me, your Monday host, Bo Brock. Have a great rest of your day. Tomorrow, your guys, Luke Braun, Ross Jackson. They're going to break down the latest breaking news around the league. If you're a puckhead, yes, I said puck with a P, and you need that NHL trade deadline insight. Our friends over at the Locked On NHL podcast, they've got you covered. Live show, trade deadline show on their YouTube page. Check that out for all the breaking news around the league. Thanks for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.